looks like it's five o'clock Pacific. Thanks everybody for joining in. This is the first episode of Sports with the Z. I'm Zach Naidu. Uh, very excited to be doing this. This has always been something I've wanted to do, and Colin seemed like the best place to do this. Uh, as I said in the or I've noted in the description, uh, the angle here is insightful stimulating sports conversation that kind of goes around what we see a lot in the national media, which is, uh, I was telling Andrew, equates to kind of clickbait, just uh, immature conversations, I feel sometimes, or conversations not really grounded in reason and driven by people who really haven't read the details because they haven't had the time to dive in. Uh, and sports with a Z uh, is going to go around that and pick uh, some interesting topics every week that I will have done my research on. I will ideally always try to have a guest on who is a represents the fan connection to that team. Uh, and that's why today I am joined by my good friend Andrew. Uh, you all know who Andrew is. I don't. I don't need to introduce him. But Andrew, thanks for uh, joining today. Yeah, thanks, Zach. I'm excited for this. Yeah, so uh, just to give some background to everybody, I assume everybody listening knows who Aaron Rodgers is, but if you don't, he is uh, Andrew's favorite quarterback and the uh, three-time MVP of the Green Bay Packers. He's won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Frankly, in my opinion, the most talented player uh, pre-Patrick Mahomes, and there's even an argument to be had there. Uh, he has been away from the Packers until this past week uh, following their disappointing uh, NFC championship loss for the second consecutive year. But it really wasn't rooted in uh, on-field performance, rather uh, treatment or mistreatment uh, that he felt by the front office. So uh, what I have done is I, I watched the whole press conference, uh, his 30-minute press conference, where he, he frankly uh, flamed uh, the whole organization uh, for how they treat players, how they treated him, and said he's back because he loves the team and he wants to compete. But there's still definitely a lot to discuss there. So we're just going to go through the transcript, uh, not obviously every line, but I've singled out a, a few interesting parts that I think would be good for us to dive into. And then obviously, if anybody at any time wants to jump in and give their thoughts, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear. But with that, Andrew, I mean, do you have anything to add? Uh, I know you, you are the Packers expert. Uh, if not, I will kind of just jump into some of these quotes uh, now that we've given the backstory. Yeah, no, I, I think this is obviously really good. Um, you know, one thing maybe I'll add is for a long time, or I mean, when, when Rogers, you know, voiced his concerns back in late April, and it was unclear whether he was going to return to the team, I think a lot of people were were shocked. Um, I mean, as somebody who's followed this closely, I had been expecting this sort of thing since like 2015 or 2016. Was frankly shocked it took so long. Um, but yeah, excited to kind of dive into what's going on here and, and give my perspective on this. No, I I appreciate that. Uh, Okay, let's let's dive in. Uh, the first topic or the question he was asked was really what was all of this about uh, for Aaron? Why did he go about the way he did it? Why was he silent for so long? And then why is he ultimately back? Uh, and I'm going to jump to the part where he says, I wanted to help the organization maybe learn from some of the mistakes in the past. 
in my opinion, about the way some of the outgoing veterans were treated. And just the fact that we didn't retain a number of players that I felt like were core players for our foundation, our locker room, high character guys. Uh, He goes on to talk about Charles Woodson, Jordy Nelson, uh, a few others. And he says, quote, guys who were exceptional players for us, but great locker room guys, high character guys, many of them who weren't offered a contract at all or were extremely lowballed or were, in my opinion, not given the respect on the way out that guys of their status and stature and high character deserved. It kind of progressed from there into a commitment for the 2021 season and beyond. Uh, that really wasn't given at any time. Uh, so, Andrew, let's start there. Do you, do you think that's a valid uh, criticism Aaron has? Do you think he's just trying to stick up for his friends? Do you think there really is something with the front office? Like, what, what do we think about that? Yeah, I think this is completely valid. And I think it's it's also interesting to sort of look at this through the lens of retention decisions they made on the coaching staff as well. Um, so I think you, you couple the fact that they let a lot of very talented veterans walk, people that that uh, that Rogers was very close to. I mean, Nelson and Randall Cobb uh, in the receiving core sort of, I, I think, are probably the, the most notable people on offense. Um, on defense, you know, letting, letting Casey Hayward go, uh, letting Micah Hyde go. I mean, he was very upset about this and didn't really have much of a say. And I think this, you know, this would have been bad enough for Rodgers on on his own um, or on its own rather. I think what he didn't note here, I think probably because he realized it would be, it, it would be really inappropriate to do so was he hated Mike McCarthy for years and they didn't fire him until, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I guess, you know, the end of 2018, early 2019. I mean, he, he thought, I think probably as early as 2014 or 2015, that McCarthy needed to be fired and that his, his offense was completely stale and that the only thing between him and, you know, like a two or three win season was Rogers heroics on the field. Uh, and I think it left a very bad taste in Rogers mouth that he had to watch a lot of very talented friends, you know, be traded or, or not resigned. And Mike McCarthy, who I think he thought was just a complete clown was allowed to stay on the coaching staff for as long as he did. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And then I, I think it's spilled over even when they fire him. Uh, you know, I'm just going to jump forward in the interview where he says, uh, I talked when they talked about the hiring of LaFour, he said, I talked to Matt after the deal had already been in place to hire him as the coach. I wasn't part of that conversation. Then he says, let's just make that completely clear. So clearly, Andrew, there's a there was just a lot of tension built up over the years, which I think echoes the sentiment you, you were just yeah I mean, look, the, the, I mean maybe there's maybe there's an argument to be made that this is the right way to run an organization that you know the front office should make decisions and that you know certainly rogers should be included in the decision making process given how important he is but that you can't you know let the the team be run you know subject to the whims of like a dictator quarterback you know may, maybe there's something to be said for this i have to say i mean i think rogers is just deeply frustrated with the whole ethos of the organization i mean it's a very old school place you know they probably felt you know rogers is there to play on the field we're here to run the team you know, maybe there's something to be said for that but i the, there's certainly an imbalance between you know running the front office uh and and letting you know arguably the most talented person to ever play the position and the best player in the league for for much of his career you know have a say in really important, you know, personnel and coaching matters. It, it just, he, he hates the whole ethos of the organization. Yeah. No, I think that's great. That segues brilliantly into the next point, uh, the next quote where he says, in my opinion, based on what I've accomplished in this league, the way I care about my teammates, the way I show up in the locker room, the way I lead, 
the way I conduct myself in the community, you should tie myself to a little bit more input. The rules are the same for most people, but every now and then there's some outliers. Guys who've been in the organization for 17 years and won a few MVPs where they can be in conversations at a different higher level. And I just thought that was funny how he said, been in the organization for 17 years and won a few MVPs. And he said multiple guys and he's the only one in franchise history to have done that. But I think that kind of echoes, again, what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, he just feels disrespected. He's always felt disrespected, not even by Green Bay, but just in general. I mean, dating back to even when he was drafted, you know, he thought he deserved to be picked number one. He thought he was better than Alex Smith. I mean, they played in the same conference in college and he had to wait, you know, hours and hours to be picked. He's always had a huge chip on his shoulder. And, you know, I think has quite a large ego. I love the guy. I think he's extraordinarily talented, but he he certainly is, uh, you know, a a weird, a weird dude with a, a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, when he when he's not included in personnel decisions, he, sh- he feels he should be included in. He, he erupts emotionally. Yeah. Are, are you alone in this feeling among Packers fans or what's uh, what's your pulse for uh, how, you know, the fan base feels as as being a fan? I know we're entitled to our opinions, but I feel there's often consensus among these things uh, with the fan base. Yeah, I think people who watch football and maybe even watch Packers football tend, uh, you know, tend to think, oh, you know, he's a great guy. He's really good. He should be included. I think people who like have followed the team for 10 or 20 or 30 years and like care are obsessed with are obsessive Packers fans. You know, they don't like to admit it. But yeah, I think most most hardcore fans think that, you know, there's something not 100 percent. I mean, not to say not 100 percent right with the guy, but that he certainly has a chip on his shoulder and, and you know, is a good teammate, but certainly has his flaws. Sure. Well, uh, with that, I think that's a good breaking point in case anybody else wants to jump or chime in here. Uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll go to the next quote. But uh, does anybody listening want to jump in, bring their thoughts? All right. We've got we've got Newman in the audience. Newman, do you have any do you have any thoughts here? Zach, do you want to call? Well, let him. Yeah. Let him call him. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, I, I did a little bit on this uh, this morning on my uh, football podcast, uh, Newman's Own End Zone. <laughs> do a little cross promotion there. Um, I, that list of 12 names that Aaron put out, I, he certainly has a point about Micah Hyde and Casey Hayward because they both played at a very high level on the teams that uh, they were allowed to. Uh, uh, go to rather than rather than get resigned to Green Bay, uh, but some of the names you know I just don't know that Jordy Nelson really did much of anything after he left Green Bay. Randall Cobb certainly has not done anything as either a Cowboy or a Texan that would make you think that Green Bay cashiered him too early, and now you know they're bringing him back <clears throat> to appease Aaron. Uh, but he's clearly on the downslope of his career, and he's kind of an expensive ornament, I think. So. Uh, you know, and Woodson, uh, I love, I love Charles Woodson. I'm a Raiders fan. So I, I, I love Charles Woodson. I was happy to have him back and he did make a pro bowl, uh, with the Raiders as a safety, but of course he transitioned from corner to safety. And I think he still wanted to be paid like a corner, (laughs) which the Raiders were willing to do and the Packers were not. And I understand that decision. I just think, um, uh, the quarterback should not be the personnel guy. 
Uh, that was my takeaway on this. Um, I love Aaron Rodgers too, but uh, I, I think he's one of the all-time great quarterbacks. But as a personnel man, I I, I just don't know that most of the people on that list, uh, you know, they have a philosophy of getting rid of a player a year early rather than a year late. That's what Bill Walsh used to do. That's what Bill Belichick does now. And I think it's it's good. It's a good policy overall. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I, I can't disagree with that too much. I, I, I'm 100% with you on Hayward and Hyde. Those were head scratchers. Um, on Randall Cobb, it remains to be seen. I mean, maybe there's something to be said about chemistry. I mean, James Jones, for instance, is probably a guy back, you know, towards the tail end of his career that had no business playing wide receiver for any of the 31 teams in the league, uh, except for Green Bay. Uh, you know, he, he comes back, has such good chemistry with Rodgers, and I think had, what, 15 touchdowns. In, in 2015 when he came back. So maybe there's something to be said for, you know, Rodgers has such strong chemistry with these guys that even if they're not great it, fits on, on most rosters, they're, you know, exceptionally good fits in Green Bay. Yeah, uh, Michael, I think that's a, a great point you brought up. Uh, it actually, I don't know if you watched the whole uh, press conference or read the transcript, but this actually leads me to one of the quotes, you know, we're going to jump out of order here, but it's pretty relevant. Uh, where Rogers said, and this is the biggest block quote that I was going to bring up today, but he, he went, I'm interested in how they look at certain players and if they value character, if they value chemistry, if they value what they bring to the locker room. And I think, yeah, some of those guys might not have had great seasons other places, but it's different when a Jordy Nelson has gotten me throwing him the ball. It's different when Randall Cobb's gotten me throwing the ball. It may, it may be a different motivation when some of these guys go elsewhere. It's different to move to a new team. Uh, but maybe bringing back uh, JP, which is Julius Peppers, I assume, Andrew, uh, for $3 million and a one-year yep. deal when he desperately wanted to retire as a Packer might have been a good thing to do. And then he talked about Jordy. And, uh, but so, so what, do you, what do you two think about that? Uh, because that's exactly what we were just talking about. Well, we'll get an interesting experiment with Randall Cobb, won't we? I mean, he did absolutely nothing in Dallas he was, or Houston. He was, yeah. he was hurt a lot. That's part of the problem. And it's not like uh, Dallas and Houston have bad quarterbacks. Uh, Press Prescott, I would say, is you know about the tenth or twelfth best quarterback in the league. Deshaun Watson led the league in passing yards last year, even even though the team overall was pretty bad. Um, so you know we'll, we'll see. I, I remain <laughs> willing to be uh, converted to Aaron's uh, position on this that he he does elevate players that other teams don't know how to uh, get the most out of. That that's a possibility, but. I think uh, bringing Cobb back on a $10.4 million contract is uh, is a bit of a luxury on a team that, you know, could always use another another corner or a pass rusher or something like that. Sure. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, look, you know, we can hypothesize all we want. We're going to know within the next, you know, three months whether this this was good or bad. I think maybe an underrated aspect of this is the kind of cultural impact assigning or you know a trade for someone like Randall Cobb has on the team where you know everybody knows why he's there uh there's a lot of pressure on Cobb himself to perform because if he if he doesn't you know it, it it's like you know wh- why was I brought back here on a pretty rich deal given where I am in my career um maybe there's t- I, I don't know if there's going to be tension between him and the rest of the receivers if there's going to be tension between him and other veterans who, who don't think he deserves to be there um you know, I I don't have a great opinion on whether I would have done it. I mean, frankly, I think they've waited far too long to give Rogers receiving help that he wants and some unbalanced. I you know I'd probably say bringing him back was fine, but you know it's certainly going to create a lot of uh, a lot of tension on the team, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays. 
I mean, I, I really wouldn't call bringing back Randall Cobb, giving him receiving help. I think, and, and Aaron even noted that was not, he didn't go to them and say, bring back Randall. I think they, they did that uh, to appease him, but it wasn't him going in there because he still says at the end, uh, he says in this interview, uh, I will not be involved. Uh, someone asked, there'll be a perception now that every time a roster decision is made, people will question how much input you will have. How do you present, prevent that from being a distraction? And Aaron said, I don't see that as a distraction because I don't expect to be a part of those discussions. So I'm happy that Randall Cobb is here. That's definitely something I was hoping would happen, but I don't see that being a distraction. And I think, you know, I think this is really interesting because you put it in the context of other quarterbacks or athletes that have either had this power or wanted this power or requested this power. And really in the NFL, the only one I can think of is Tom Brady. Uh, and he bolted uh, New England when he really wasn't getting what he wanted. And I do think that was a uh, an insanely talented Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. It was arguably one of the best 7-9 rosters uh, two years ago that we've ever seen. It was just Jameis Winston throwing 30 interceptions that kept them from being minimum 9-7. and seven. Um, That said, Tom Brady comes to Tampa Bay and... He convinces the front office to bring in indisputably the most volatile personality in the NFL right now, which was Antonio Brown or who is Antonio Brown. And there was no distraction. Uh, He was he was arguably their fourth best receiver because, you know, they had Godwin and uh, O.J. Howard was hurt. uh, But they had Godwin, Mike Evans, uh, even uh, Scotty Miller was great. And uh, A.B., I believe. Uh, scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl, but that 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 was just an example, I think, uh, of when a tenured successful quarterback does put his foot down, you maybe should listen. I think the impact is probably going to be less than you'll see in a sport like basketball, where LeBron James is a de facto general manager, and you'll start to see that, I think, with these up-and-coming stars, Luka Doncic, John Morant, that um, this is going to be a common thing uh, in professional sports. Because teams are realizing, um, despite the way things have been in the past, that the players are actually the bosses. Uh, And so I think it will be really interesting to see how Randall Cobb performs. That said, I don't think it's an indictment on Aaron if Randall Cobb comes back and isn't great. Because Randall, I think he's two years removed now from uh, having left the Packers. I believe he was with the Texans for a year. And then he went to the Cowboys. And and correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's right. Well, you got the order wrong. He went to Dallas first and then Houston. But Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yes. So so he's two years removed. Um, and if Randall Cobb comes back and, you know, just can't beat his receiver because he's old, uh, you know, I think that would have been one thing if he was doing it two years ago when the Packers wanted him to go and Rodgers had him stay. But you really can't. I think make a judgment from that perspective. I do think Jordy Nelson should have stuck around. Andrew, you and I have talked about this privately. Aaron loved Jordy Nelson and Aaron talked about the leadership and mentorship he could provide to Devonte Adams. I just think it is just hubris on, on the part of the Packers ownership. Maybe it's because, you know, they're publicly traded and they don't have an owner, you know, like a Jerry Jones like a Mark Cuban. And that's obviously me calling out the Dallas owners, but I think there's something to be said about 
uh, a culture that's not allowed to be set because you don't have a de facto owner there. And that's a perspective here that I don't think has been discussed. And I'm curious uh, what you two think about it. Um, if you think that plays any role in how the Packers go about running their team. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think, you know, for better or for worse, it always helps to have somebody at the top making, you know, firm decisions uh, in for the Cowboys, you know, with someone like Jerry Jones at the helm, it's probably not been a good thing in other organizations with really great management. It's been a bit, it's, it's been a, it's been quite good. Um, I mean, the Packers are just, they're slow moving. They're a little lackadaisical. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't, they don't have an owner at one point, I think like 52 of the, you know, 52 of the 53 guys on the roster had never spent another, you know, any time with other teams. And it was a, it was a family thing. I mean, the thing is kind of, uh, it's not run how it really should be in my view. Newman, maybe you feel totally different about this. Um, and maybe that's a, maybe it's a discussion for another, another podcast. Well, no, I kind of agree with, I kind of agree with that because, um, you know, they, 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 they're a team, they really are very old school the way they do things. They build through the draft. Uh, they don't, they're not big players in free agency. Of course, Green Bay is a small town in a, in a colder part of the country. It's probably not an exciting free agent destination the way LA or Miami or Dallas or somewhere might be, but, um, but they're not big players in free agency. They build through the draft and then, uh, and then, yeah, they don't keep a lot of people. They don't give a lot of second contracts. So that's, uh, they're always trying to, trying to reshuffle the roster. And I suppose that does create cultural gaps or, or, or makes it more difficult to build and sustain uh, cultures. But, you know, this is, of course, uh, probably mostly a testament to Aaron Rodgers' talent. They, they pretty consistently win, even in, the, <laughs> even in the latter McCarthy years, except for that last one, which really became a disaster. Uh, you know, they were, uh, they were a pretty good team. Uh, and since uh, Lafleur got there, the, and the offense has, has been modernized some, they're they're a very good team. I mean, they've been right on the cusp of the Super Bowl, and I think the window is still very open. So, uh, but I guess my question would be: Is there any hope that Rodgers will remain in Green Bay after this season? It seems like the way they've restructured the contract, he would just he'd be so insanely expensive. In 20- yeah, it, it, he's gone, Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just—he's gone after this year. I—I I don't. I, I'm pretty. I feel very strongly about this. You don't. You're not 37 years old feeling this way and uh, coming back. You're not blasting the entire organization top down. Uh, even stuff, comments like he made about Matt Lafleur. He said he loves Matt, but even calling to light or shedding light on the situation that he didn't choose Matt. Uh, I don't see how Aaron Rodgers uh, comes back after this year. And I know the whole point of this podcast is to avoid hyperbole. But I, I think if you look at the facts here, Aaron won. Aaron, I think if the Packers had granted him a trade, he would have gladly taken it. And I think he reali- he realizes the very reason he's coming back this year is why he's going to be gone. Because he knows he's not going to get a trade and he doesn't want to retire if you read between the lines, this quote where he says, I'm still very competitive. I love this franchise. I talk to people who are retired. Aaron looked for every possible way to get out of this organization. Uh, and I, that is what I believe. I, I love to hear other people's thoughts uh, and opinions on it. Yeah, but yeah. I, 
yeah, I, I don't see how you come back after the way you were treated as a 38-year-old off of your third MVP, uh, one questionable call away from going to the Super Bowl. And with how poorly the Chiefs played, uh, quite frankly, I think a very good argument could be made that Matt LaFleur being conservative uh, robbed Aaron Rodgers of his second Super Bowl. For all of that to happen and then be treated the way he did, uh, I don't see him coming back after this year. Yeah, I think it's it's challenging. I mean, part of it is, and a lot of this stems from, I think I think a lot of this stems from the fact, too, Zach, that Rodgers is just very jealous of Tom Brady and the attention that Tom Brady gets and the way that Tom Brady is able to dictate, uh, you know, the organization around him. And he saw the success that Brady had leaving, going to a team where he had more control and winning a Super Bowl to, at the end of his career. Uh, I think, you know, he's going to style the end of his own career after Brady's. And, it, it, you know, I don't want this to be the case. It's very hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that, you know, after being drafted in, in 2005, Rodgers would finish his career with a separate team. Um, but I, I, I tend to agree. I think the only way he stays is if they win a Super Bowl and, uh, you know, and it's and, and there's, you know, some big, you know, cathartic event at the end of the season. Other Other than that, I think he's probably gone. I, I think if they win the Super Bowl, he's definitely leaving too. I think all the more reason for him to leave. He wins this. I think this is such a fractured relationship. This is when it's no longer about sports and about uh, people and respect. That is gone, and that's not coming back unless Gutekunst is fired, uh, which he won't be. Because uh, he is not a bad general manager. He, he has made some good moves. But you, you can't treat Aaron Rodgers that way. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not as if there's personality questions about Aaron and Aaron's done stuff in the past, or they've asked for his advice before and uh, he gave bad advice and they took it. They've never even opened up that door when he's asking for it, when he's asking to come inside teams when you're successful as Aaron the the front office should be seeking out that play and say hey what do you think it shouldn't be the other way and if it is the other way it shouldn't be that way and then the player be denied that input that's my biggest takeaway from all of this and that's so I I I do believe unfortunately for you Andrew this is going to be uh, the last season well it, it also it also might be by the way the last season he plays football I would not discount the uh the argument that he was just very close to retiring this year because he actually doesn't really want to play football anymore. I think the guy is, is one foot in, one foot out regardless. Um, you know, I think he wants to, you know, move back to California. I think he wants to, you know, do Jeopardy. I think he wants to get married. Um, although that, you know, that whole thing is whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know that he actually really wants to play much football anymore. And yeah, I mean, no matter, I mean, no matter how you cut it, I think you're right, Zach. I think he's either playing for somebody else next year or he's just, you know, he's going to retire from the league. Sure. And he can force his way out because he's going to be a, about a $46, $47 million cap hit next year. There's just no way <laughs> without a restructuring that they can make that work. And, and since he doesn't have to restructure, he can force his way out of Green Bay and, and then restructure with whichever team he ends up uh, playing for. Sure. Yeah, so it remains to be seen. Uh, I, I think there is a lot left. You know, I think we've unpacked... Uh, sorry about that. We've unpacked 
almost all of this uh, as as much as we can. Uh, but you know, one more time, I just want to open it up and see if there's anybody else who wants to jump in uh, and and add their thoughts about this. About that, this is a this is about Aaron Rodgers today, but this is a sports podcast. If anybody has any other topics they want to chime in real quick with, uh, I'm happy happy to talk about it and and get other people's thoughts. But uh, and anybody uh, want to jump in? All righty. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Andrew and and Michael. I really appreciate uh, your insights or perspectives. Uh, you know, I think the Packers are going to have a good season. Uh, Rogers is clearly committed. I don't think he'd be back if he wasn't. Uh, I think he he would have retired. But I I still believe the Buccaneers will will be going back to the Super Bowl. Um, whether they win or not is to be determined. But uh, on that note, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the first episode of Sports with a Z and look forward to talking to you all next week. Thanks, Zach. Thanks.